Hello and welcome to the Soul Seeking Love podcast. My name is Alicia, but you can call me Leash. Join me each week as I go on a journey to answer life's biggest questions and probably ask a few more along the way. Thanks so much for joining. Hey, hey, hey. So, welcome back to the podcast. The feedback I have been getting from the three friends that I have that actually listen to this <laughs> is that y'all want to hear some more spiritual Carrie Bradshaw. So here she is. Buckle up because I wrote some notes out and we're going to get right down into it today because I came prepared. Normally I have an idea and I just rant about it. And the other day I had an idea and I ranted about it to my friend. And I basically just put it together in a nicer package on a little outline here. So today's question, as you can tell by the title, is why is dating so hard? And just like in general, why are relationships so hard? Because here's the thing that I noticed, and I've said this on the previous podcast, like when we're single, all we can think about is being in a relationship and how we want a relationship and why did the last one fail and et cetera. And then when we're in one, especially if you know, you're know you in a long-term relationship or if you're married, all you start to do is nitpick at their flaws or complain about them or you know tell all your single friends like you're you know, you're so lucky you don't have to deal with X, Y, and Z. And it's like that grass is always greener adage, you know? We're always looking at what we don't have instead of watering what we do have. I I think about this all the time, especially now that I'm single and I have all this time to think about it because I don't have someone to share my thoughts with 24-7 that I live with or that I'm, you know, coupled up with. And here's what I thought. So the spiritual Carrie Bradshaw, let me just sum it up again in case you didn't listen to the previous episode about her, which is me. I'm the spiritual Carrie Bradshaw. It's kind of like my alter ego. Sometimes I'm really woke and I'm really good at relationship advice. Other times I'm just leash and I'm a mess and I have no idea what I'm doing. But this came to me pretty clearly. Um, I try to always think of dating from a spiritual perspective since my spiritual awakening about uh, four years ago now. Um... Because I I really believe that partners are experiences and every experience brings us a new lesson. I have learned more by being with someone than I have in school, at work, anything, you know, like having a conversation with someone and especially a partner because of the intimacy, the amount of time you spend together, the level of connection that you have with each other. It could be a friend, honestly, it could be anyone, it could be a family member, but our partner's typically are someone that we spend the most time with or reveal the most about ourselves to. That's what it really is. You get deep with that person and you don't always do that with everyone else. Like your family knows you without having to explain it because they grew up with you, but this is different. You have to communicate yourself to this person and show it to them in actions. Whereas your family just kind of knows because they're there with you throughout your entire day, if that makes sense. So that's why our partners trigger us so much. That's why we talk about them so much. That's why they bother us so much. It's just, it's a a totally different relationship. So what I try to think about is the spiritual side of things and how we're growing and developing as not just a human, but as a soul, as an entity, as a star seed, whatever you want to call it. 
the um, essence of us is evolving when we go through trials and tribulations with our partner. And that's the spiritual part of the Carrie Bradshaw. But the rest of it's basically just relationship stuff. So the regular everyday stuff with my spiritual twist on it, because I really believe it's all connected. So here's what I noticed. And here's what I truly think. How many people, raise your hand, you're all just sitting around listening to my podcast, you're probably alone or driving in your car, or like me in the shower, I listen to a lot of this stuff in the shower or in the car, (laughs) raise your hand if you have ever spoken to a married couple and they have said these words to you, when we met each other, I just knew. How many people have heard that before? I've heard that a million times. Almost all my friends, my mom has said that to me, all my... um, close friends. Like when we met, I just knew I was going to marry him, her, whatever. I've heard that many times. And there are so many times that I have thought that, like, if you know me, every single guy that I get serious with, I'm like, oh, this is it. He's the one. Like every single one. I'm a hopeless romantic. I I don't, I don't like to think of it as I'm wishy-washy or that I'm just like, uh, desperate for somebody I legitimately feel like a hopeless romantic I'm very picky with who I date honestly if you know me you know that so it's not like I'm desperate like I'll date anybody I'm choosy with the person that I'm with like there has to be a certain level of banter and communication and um I don't know just like je ne sais quoi like I need the the spark and you don't spark with everybody. There's a reason you don't spark with everybody. You can connect with everybody. You can find a common ground between any any two people. I firmly believe that. But a spark uh, is a totally different thing. And that's what I really look for in a partner. And that's why I'm so picky. And a lot of people might see that as vain or narcissistic because of the things that I say that I want. But really, it's the spark. So... Whenever I hear somebody say, I met them and I knew, I get so confused because I feel like I always know. And then it always burns down in flames. And here is what I landed on. Okay, so if you know anything about your soul, your essence, I use these words interchangeably. And I'm going to get into a couple episodes of definitions because I know I say a lot of things that not everybody understands. If you haven't had a spiritual awakening, if you haven't gone through that process, which even spiritual awakening I can define... I want to make that clear so you can refer back to it and understand what I'm talking about. Um, But real quick, we have our human form, our body, and then we have our, our soul. And if you're religious in any way, most religions talk about the soul. So it's really just you, but it's like a higher version of you, your higher self. It could also be called, I've heard that called that consciousness, oneness. Um, Your ego is also your human form. So basically, sometimes people will say the ego versus the soul. So your thinking mind versus your intuition. Your soul could also be your intuition. So soul, intuition, higher self, oneness, essence. That is your intuitive higher body, not the physical, the spiritual. And then your human body, your ego, your thinking mind, your conscious mind, um, the little self, some people call it, instead of the higher self, the little self. These are all your everyday, regular brain, human stuff, okay? So our human mind is very limited. That's why we call it like the little self. It's that childlike essence about your human mind where you don't really understand anything. 
So when you go to date someone, you're curious, right? Dating is all about questioning. Like a lot of people liken a first date to an interview process. Like you want to know that person and you want to try and figure out if, you know, they're, they match your pro and con list for what you're looking for in a partner. And we all have it, whether we write it down or not. Like we all have a pros and cons list. We all have boundaries, standards, expectations, etc. So when you meet someone, you're going through this in your mind and you're like trying to figure out, okay, does this person match up with what I like, what I do? Does their life kind of fit into my life, etc. And that's what you're thinking of when you're meeting somebody. So that's why I'm always like, how could you just know? Because I need to ask like 6 million questions before I get any sort of clue as to what the hell this person is all about. Like if, you know, if you know me personally, I'm, I ask questions all day. That's literally all I do. So (laughs) it's like, how the hell am I supposed to know that this person is my partner? I, I could question it forever. And that's what we go through when we're dating. And that's like our human mind. And that's why we say things like, oh, we can't move in with someone for this amount of time. Or I can't marry someone unless I live with them. Or, um, you know, I'm not going to be ready to have kids with them until after we're together for so long. And then we're married for so long and blah, blah, blah. Like that's our human mind tricking us. It's fear. And I'm not saying you should marry every person you meet. I'm just saying the timeline is your human mind. And the logic behind everything is your human mind and it really it it seems rational because we're we as humans created this idea of rationality but it's it's just a way for us to try and understand our surroundings which is almost impossible to understand we literally open our eyes one day and take our first breath we arrive here out of our mother and we have no idea what the fuck is going on we don't we're all trying to figure it out we get to an age where we're like oh um, these people seem to know what they're doing. Adults, let's do what they say. And then we realize they don't fucking know what they're doing either. I'm an adult now and I still have no idea what I'm doing. So I don't believe that my parents at 33 also knew what they were doing because if I don't, they possibly can't or anyone for that matter. So back to my point, our human mind is going to try and make sense of things that don't make sense. So like I said, when I look for a partner, I think of I, I don't think of anything. I want the spark. I, I look for a spark. If I start talking to somebody that I'm attracted to physically and we're having good conversation and there's a spark, like I don't want to stop talking to them. That's me listening to my intuition thinking, I want to get to know this person. So what happens when you meet someone is you start to think, oh, they're cool. I'm having good conversation. I don't want this conversation to end. Let me keep asking questions to find out more about them to see if they fit in my boxes, the check boxes of pros and cons of what makes a good partner and what I don't want in a partner. That's what our mind starts to do. But let me make it real fucking clear for you. The spark is your intuition saying this one. That's it. That's literally it. (laughs) And I will explain it even more because I know you're all probably thinking like, what? You meet someone and you connect with them. It could be a friend. I mean, think about the way that you make a friend. You literally just pick a person and like, yeah, you, I want to hang out with you all the time. (laughs) That's how it happens. I mean, think about your first friend, my best friend since kindergarten. We're still friends as a matter of fact. I don't even remember how we became friends. I don't remember the first day I met her. We were five. This We're talking 20... seven years ago. I mean, I have known her since I was five and all of a sudden 
we were hanging out all the time. And she happened to live two blocks away from me. We carpooled to school together once my our mothers found that out. And we've been friends ever since. So do I remember why I consciously chose her? No. But obviously, our souls knew each other from another lifetime on another plane on another level. And we found each other. And that was it. And as kids, you have less of that mind chatter asking all the questions. You just go with the flow because your intuition is much closer to you because you're new, right? You're new on this earth. So you just came from this source, this intuition, this higher self, incarnated as a human. And when you're little, you still have so much of that with you. You haven't become human yet. You're just starting. It's brand new, right? Think about it. You're a brand new baby and you're just learning how to become a human. You have to learn how to walk and talk and eat and everything. So it's the same thing. It's like we're unlearning our soul to learn our human, which is exactly what we're supposed to do. But what we are really seeking for is to marry the two together. Okay, so you meet somebody and you spark and that's your intuition saying, yeah, we know this person. You know that you know this person, but because you're so human now, you forgot. So me meeting my ex-boyfriend at uh, 25 years old. Um, I met him when I was 25. And as a matter of fact, this is a story that everybody loves. I had seen him at the gym. He had seen me. We kept like locking eyes, but not really connecting or speaking or stopping to like say hi or do anything. Just noticing each other, noticing each other. And one day he finally came up to me and the very first thing he said, he comes up to me and says, Hey, uh, you look really familiar. (laughs) And then we find out that we actually like went to the same church and had CCD classes together. And, you know, that was 10 years prior to, and I didn't know him then we went, we lived blocks away from each other and grew up here our whole lives. And we had all these commonalities and we had never actually met before. We should have, because we must have passed, our lives had crossed paths many, many times. Um, but we had never actually met. And the first thing he said to me was, you look really familiar. And the truth is, this is not our first lifetime together. I've done a lot of meditations and deep hypnosis work with past lives, like my personal past lives. And he's shown up in a few of them. And I've gotten confirmation from mediums and psychics, if you believe in that, that um, he is somebody that I have known for lifetimes. So yeah, we we resonated with each other. He's here to teach me a lesson. I, I know the lesson he came to teach me. This is another episode, all these definitions and things that I'm talking about, I will definitely explain. But my point in this right now is I knew. So here's the thing. I knew he was someone that I needed to connect with in this lifetime, but my human mind confused me into thinking he's it. And the truth is, we don't really know. We don't really know who we're going to um, be with forever until we meet them. But everyone you meet kind of is on some level your soulmate. Like, I think every partner you meet is destined to you for a reason, for a lesson, for a purpose, for an experience. So yes, you know your partner that you're going to be with, quote unquote, forever before you meet them. But you don't know which one it's going to last with until you go through the motions, if that makes sense. So this is the way that I talked about it to my friend the other day when I had that idea for this episode. When you're going out for, I just got a new job too. So when you're doing job interviews and so did she, when you're going to apply for places, you're in your head thinking, okay, I'm setting the intention. I'm ready to make a change. 
you're not saying this in your head, but this is really what you are doing. You're thinking, I'm ready for something new. I want to make more money. I want to transition my career. I want to move, whatever the reason is. You, you think of it, you feel it, you get the, you know, um, momentum to get going and make the change. So you do your resume, put it out there, open yourself up to the possibilities of what's going to come to you. Maybe you network, maybe you put yourself out there on a couple of networking sites. Maybe you talk to a friend, Hey, I'm looking for a new job, blah, 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 blah. Right. You're opening yourself up to the possibility. So when we're in an open state, we're ready to receive. You think of an open heart, right? You're ready to receive possibilities. You're saying to the universe, I want to make a change. I don't know what it's going to be, but I want to make the change. I want a new job. So now you're opening up your heart, your mind, your awareness, and you're thinking about what that new job will be, what you want. So in order to get the new job, you have to try to get, which means there will be rejection because you can't get unless you try, right? So you have to be open to the idea of receiving the new job. But because you're so open, you're like a magnet now to the universe. You're saying, hit me with what is like, give me all the options. And a lot of duds are going to come your way. A lot of things are going to fail, but you're open to receiving possibilities. So everything that could come your way is going to, and then you're going to rely on your intuition to tell you what's the right one to choose. So the universe is going to throw 36 options at you. Maybe it's only going to throw two or three, but when the right one comes along, something's going to shift. Something will resonate. You'll hit it off with the interviewer. You know, the company will be five minutes away and it'll shorten your commute and that's what you're looking for, whatever. The pay is exactly what you dreamed. You said you wanted to increase your salary by 10 grand and poof, that was, that was it. So that's how you know what it is. Something will just click, it will just happen and the, the motion continues. There's no stopping, there's no stuck, there's no closing off. You're open and you stay open and it just moves you forward. So you're going through a doorway now from where you were to where you now wanna be. And relationships are exactly the same. That's why I bitch and moan and I hate dating because it's like you have to kiss a hundred frogs. And have, do I, I don't even think I've kissed a hundred people, but you know, <laughs> it feels it feels like I've gone on a hundred dates. But you have to put yourself out there. You're casting a line, and you might get you know three potential suitors, or you might get the two hundred. But you have to try. You're not going to find your partner if you're not opening yourself up to the idea of finding a partner. And it's so simple, and we overcomplicate it all the time. So you have to first be open to the idea. So anyway, that's basically all I wanted to say. I hope that clicks, but let me make it even clearer because I want to speak about my personal story and just tie this in so you can understand my thought process here. The guy that I was talking about that I dated for six years that I met and the first thing he said was, you look really familiar. I felt that he was almost exactly what I wanted in a partner. I, I remember meeting him and thinking, I told my best friend, the one that I met when I was five, I remember going over to her place after I met him at the gym and saying, this is it. It's like, it's like everything that I wrote on paper, everything I dreamt in my mind was sketched out and created in human form. And here he is. He was exactly everything I was looking for. And we had so much in common, which I will definitely talk about in another episode about trauma bonds. 
Um, our lives were just so in sync, so aligned. It's like we knew each other forever. We were picking up where we left off. It's, it's like I didn't even have to get to know him. I already knew him. And it was so comfortable and so easy. And to this day, like I could pick, him, pick up the phone and call him tomorrow. And it would be like no time ever went by. Um, so I felt like this is it, you know? And only years later did I start to question that feeling. That like, yes. He was sent to me for a purpose, but he's not my forever person. And then once I had that idea in my head, again, this is a later episode to really dive into what happened with us. Um, it really, I went, I vacillated so much on it because I really thought that he was it because he was almost perfect. He had almost every box on my list checked off. The number one thing he didn't have was emotional availability meaning he didn't want to settle down. He said he did, but he didn't. And the fact that we're not married proves that he didn't. He wasn't ready. Um, And maybe it was just that we didn't work out, but he's still not married, so who knows. Um, I was so... My human mind was over-questioning it because I couldn't shake that feeling, that spark. It was like, how could I find someone better than this? This guy is better than all my pre... It's like he had every aspect of every boyfriend I've ever had in my past. Like every positive thing that I wanted in a future partner, he had. So I'm like, how is it possible that I'm going to find better than this? There's not. There's never going to be another person that matches this many qualities, right? Um, and I really believe that for the longest time. And that's why we stayed together for as long as we did. Because it was... I mean, and, and he on some level felt this way too. Like... He wasn't sure that he wanted to settle down, but he also felt like, how am I ever going to find someone more aligned to me than Leash? Here's when it started to shift. I was closed off. I We broke up and I knew that we weren't meant for each other, but there was still a part of me like thinking, maybe you're wrong. Like, what if this is the best you're ever going to get? What if you just walked away from your husband and you need to try harder? And I stuck, I got stuck on that for a long time after we broke up. I mean, it's November, 2020. We officially broke up in March of 2018 was officially when we broke up. We kept hanging out and talking for about another year and a half after that. And then we stopped talking again on, I guess whenever he started dating his new girlfriend, he didn't tell me, but I, I think his birthday, like this time last year was when we officially stopped talking. Um, so in January of 2020, I found out that he had a girlfriend and he had started dating her in September, October of last year. And I didn't know about it cause he didn't want to tell me about it until whatever. So I found out in January, um, on Facebook and that's when I made the conscious decision to open myself up to dating. And I went on a date with someone a couple weeks later and then that didn't really work out. So, um, I stopped dating. And then the pandemic hit. So when I moved to Arizona, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. I went out to dinner with a friend. And that night at dinner, she's like, you need to go on the apps. Like, just put yourself out there. Just see. Like, you're in a new state. See what see what's out there. You, what's going to hurt, right? So she was making helping me make a profile at the restaurant when we were at the dinner. I finished up the profile. We're walking out of the restaurant. And some guy runs after me. And he comes up to me and says, hey, I couldn't help but notice how beautiful you were can have your number. So it felt so similar to the way I met my ex that said, you look familiar. Like he, he came up to me, like, 
out of the clear blue sky. I mean, I had just said to my friend, okay, I'm going to try to date now. And some guy walks up to me and that's what he says. I was like shocked. We exchanged numbers. We went out a couple times and I felt that same feeling. I felt there was a spark like, oh, I know this one. He's, I've met him before, you know, like our souls resonated with each other. I had a deep connection to him. Again, we have a lot in common. Um, easy conversation, like super comfortable around him. And, you know, we hung out for a few months and then he hit me with, um, the same exact thing that my ex said, which was, I don't want a girlfriend. I don't want a commitment. So the emotional unavailability popped up again. And then I dated another guy out here. We went on a couple dates. He ghosted me. Same, like, I guess he was unavailable emotionally as well. He kind of said like, oh, I'm busy with work. But I took the hint that it was more that he just wasn't interested. And then a third guy that same thing, like a couple dates, everything was going well. And then he just like, you know what? I'm not ready to date. So what's fascinating to me, and this is going to be another episode now, what I'm going to get into more about our spiritual connection to our partners. I want to continue this conversation. The point was, I was getting rejected by these men and they're all great guys. I have nothing you know, bad to say about them and I'm sure they feel the same about me, but I know more of what I want. So... I, my, my intuition is more connected to me because I've been working on honing it that it was easier and faster for me to be like, okay, I've, I've been here before. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to waste my time again because I know that this is not going to work out. So if I'm feeling the same resistance that I felt with these guys, with my ex, it's just the universe clearing them out of my way faster. And, and, you know, who's to say that they won't come back or who's to say that things won't change? I don't know. I'm not saying that it, I'm writing them all off. I'm, I'm open to all possibilities. And I think that when we date, that's what we have to be is open to all possibilities. You have to be open to the possibility that anyone can leave or anyone can come back or come into your life. I felt that same way. Like they all had qualities that I really liked. They were really close to checking off all the boxes, just like my ex was. The the first guy that I met, as a matter of fact, I keep saying to my friends, it's like, he is so exactly what I want to a T. Um, but as soon as he said those words, I knew this is the universe reminding me like, oh, you watched this movie already, Leash. Like you don't need to rewatch it. You've seen the ending. You know how it ends. That's exactly how it felt. The weirder thing, <laughs> the weirdest thing is that all three of them that I met out here have a very unique name. Um, they have the same, like they all have a similar name. They all have connections to the same name, which is super unique and not a common name. And it's very funny to me that they all have some variation of it in their names. Um, so it's like the universe is giving me little signs and... We'll talk more about signs and intuition. So yeah, so basically the the whole point that I'm trying to get at here, I know what I want. I know how I feel in terms of my intuition. I know when something feels right, when something's in flow. Like I knew to move to Arizona. I just felt it and knew. When you have a deep connection to self, to your authenticity, to your higher being, to your soul, when you're in touch with that side of you, it's easy to know the right path. 
it's easy to go with the flow. It's easy to follow the trail of breadcrumbs that the universe is providing to you. And it's easy to get out of the questioning human mind. So if you know you want a relationship and you know what you're looking for in a partner, the more true and the more authentic you are to that higher self, to, to who you are as a person, the easier it is to look at your partner and say, yes, or you know what? No, not quite. Close. You taught me a lesson, but not quite. And I, you know, I would love to go deeper into the types of lessons that we learn with our partners because I, I think there's a lot. Um, and I think we, we choose the lessons we want to learn with each person. And it, it puts together the puzzle pieces for us so that we can look back and say, yeah, I learned all these things from all these different partners so that I could be with you, the one perfect partner for me. And I say the one perfect partner, meaning at the time, because there is no one perfect partner. You can have multiple perfect partners. You choose one. You choose one for the now moment, for this moment in time, for this segment of your life. And that could change too. So yeah, the truer and more connected you are to yourself, the easier it is to find your mate. So you want to say your soulmate, your partner, your better half, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's why dating is so hard because connecting to yourself is so hard. Finding your soul, trusting your intuition. That's what's hard. It's not finding a person. We can, we meet people every day, whether or not we leave the house, you could meet them on, on your phone, on your app. I mean, I could have five new dates tomorrow just by going on Tinder. They might not be quality dates, but I could still have them. So it's not a lack of not being able to meet people. It's a lack of not knowing what we want. And that's the joke that men say all the time is that women don't know what they want. Men, men don't either. They just don't talk about it the way we do. So, and I think that's changing now in all, all honesty. I think that both genders or all genders, I should say, are opening up to being vulnerable and authentic. And it's beautiful. I love it. That's the only way we're ever going to connect with each other is if we open ourselves up and be vulnerable and be authentic and true to who we are so we can learn. And then we can say, yeah, I resonate with a lot of this and that's why you're my friend or that's why I want you to be my partner. And that's what I've learned from you. So the truer we are to ourselves, the truer we can show up in our relationships. And that's when you know whether it's right or wrong. And that's why the grass is always greener. Because it has nothing to do with the partner. It has nothing to do with having versus not having one. It has to do with how connected you are to your authentic self and how close your life is to being that. So if your authentic self is being a farmer in the middle of nowhere, but you're living in the city at a job you hate, yeah, you might be connected to that authentic version of yourself, but until you're playing that out in real time, you're not going to feel like you are. So, I mean, that was like part of my story that I said, like, I thought I was living the dream, making money, living in Jersey city. When the truth was I was happier being a broke yoga teacher that was closer to my authentic self. Me speaking over this podcast right now is closer to my authentic self than working in the city was. So knowing about it is step one. Of course, you can't do it until you know it. Like you can't know that you're finding the right partner until you start meeting people. You have to try to get in order to get. Um, 
but the closer you are to your authentic self and once you know about what it is, then you can put the action steps to make it happen. And then when you're in that truth, knowing and living it, your authenticity, that's the power. That's where you could say, you know, a happy married couple, they're both living in their authentic truths. A happy single person living in their authentic truth. That's why I always get so sad when somebody like says, oh yeah, my husband or oh, my bitch wife or whatever. It's, it's really got nothing to do with their partner. It's hundred percent them. If they're miserable in their life, that's on them. Period. End of story. You think your, your husband or wife is a bitch? Leave them. Why are you there then? You should never complain about that. And yeah, I know we all have our moments and our days, but I'm saying consistently, like you have one off day, fine. But to say that every day, every week to be miserable, who chooses to life, live a life in misery? That's crazy. Don't do it. There's never a good reason to stay. You are the reason to stay or go in any situation, period. You need to be happy and living in your authenticity. Same thing with a single person, you know, and they're like, oh my God, I'm miserable. It's because, you know, you put all your weight and pressure on having a relationship and that doesn't make you happy. That's, I mean, that's how I was. I thought that being in a relationship was going to make me happy. So all I wanted was a relationship. And whenever I feel that way, I never find one because I'm miserable. It's got nothing to do with the partner. I'm miserable. What needs to change is what I'm doing in my life that's making me miserable. Not that I'm single. Being single doesn't make you miserable. That's crazy. Being in a relationship doesn't make you miserable. If someone has that much power over you, you need to check yourself. You need to check why you gave your power away. And you need to check why you think it's okay for somebody to make you feel that way. Because yes, sometimes somebody really is making you miserable. If there's trauma or abuse, fine. 100%. I've been there too. Um, but that still doesn't give you a reason to stay. You got to go. You got to get out. And you have to claim your power back. Um, and if you can't get out, if somebody's literally holding you and keeping you hostage, that's another scary situation. And of course, not what I'm talking about. But I hope that you get safe and healthy from that too, if anyone out there is going through that. Um, but when you have the ability to take your power back and reclaim your life and make the choices for yourself where you're not um, stuck with someone who's literally abusing you and keeping you hostage, then yeah, you are in charge of your destiny. So anyway, why is dating so hard? Because living is hard. <laughs> but you know, think about it. Why is it so hard? What is... What is going on in your relationship status right now? Whether you're single, whether you're starting something new, in a long-term thing, married, whatever. What is making it so hard? What are the things that you complain about? And then shift your focus. How much of this is about me? What's my piece of it? Am I really miserable? Because like for my example, my ex that I thought he was the one and I found out he really wasn't ready for an emotional deep connection. So what's making me miserable? I'm lacking a deep emotional connection. Not that he wouldn't give it to me. He doesn't have that kind of power. It's not his fault that he wasn't able to emotionally. I mean, it kind of is because he could try to be better, be more connected to himself. But that's the thing. He wasn't connected to himself. So I can't expect him to just do that overnight. I was ready for a connection. He wasn't. That's it. Moving on. I got stuck on it for a while because I got confused, but... Again, another story for another day. Um, I was miserable because that's what I wanted and he wasn't giving it to me. It's, it's really that simple. So it had nothing to do with him. It's not his fault. 
I chose to stay. I chose to stay and be miserable. So when I chose to not stay and be miserable, that's when I started to not feel miserable. Poof, look at that. So if you're in a relationship, think about that. If you're not in a relationship, think about what you're lacking. What are you missing? Is it just the connection? Is that a longing? Let that drive you to be open to the possibility of what's to come. But don't let it drive you to just stay miserable. So think about why dating is so hard for you or why not dating is so hard for you. Maybe you're a uh, serial monogamous. You just go from relationship to relationship to relationship. And why can't you just be single? What's so scary about that? You know? So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This is a little bit longer today, but got a lot of good stuff in here. So again, thank you so much for showing up. Love you guys. Talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I really hope you enjoyed the conversation today. If you did, of course, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, review, share it with a friend. And of course, I'll see you again next week. Thanks so much and take care.